With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And Season 4 will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Secrets. My question for you, my brother, is why are you cheesing from ear to ear, KP? <laughs> What's happening, PR? <laughs> you know, I'm beaming a bit today about the recent news of my girl, Katanji Brown-Jackson, being nominated to the Supreme Court. Well, so first off, there's no, no misunderstanding. That's right. When you hear the word Katanji Brown-Jackson. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you already know. And this is truly a historic nomination, and it's well past the time of having a black woman on the Supreme Court. But as you can guess, PR, the shenanigans are in full gear, right? Nothing is ever easy for black women. And now we are hearing all of this affirmative action nonsense that crops up every single time somebody black gets what we deserve. <laughs> but let's just pause for a moment, though, KP, to point out the significance of this nomination. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, when people say the first, yeah, I don't really know if you know how first, first this really is. Right. Okay. The Supreme Court was established in 1789. 1789. 1789. And there have been a total of 115 U.S. Supreme Court justices since 1789. Mm -hmm. And all of them but seven, okay, have been white men. <clears throat> all but seven have been white. Get my calculator. Yeah, exactly. Ahead. I know you're about to add some stuff up. Those six, um, excuse me, like, yeah, those, those, uh, seven. Those, those seven are four white women, two black men, and one Latina. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that we have the first black woman to get nominated, think about all of the slick-ass comments and nonsense that you've heard or will hear. Oh, yeah, it's going to keep coming. <laughs> right? And do you really think that the power structure is going to change with the 6% of the nominees being underrepresented during the history of the Supreme Court? I don't. Since 1789. Since 1789, I these, know. These, these seven, you know, eight, you yeah. know, uh, underrepresented people are going to change the course of history. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And you think about it contextually and you, you know, why shit don't change. Right. Right. There's only one perspective in over 200 and some odd years that's being considered in these legal opinions, regardless of what their judicial or political ideology may be, is still from the position of 
one perspective. <laughs> right. That's no right. matter no matter how you say it. No matter how you say it. <laughs> I don't word, care what where you're coming from, the right, the left, or whatever it is. Whatever words you use, right. it's, it's still the same it's point still of view. It's still the same point of view. And this is why we continue to tell Last Seekers Village that you are not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, continue to ask questions and push the envelope for answers about representation in all of these leadership roles because they impact us no matter if it's in the court system, the corporate America, education, wherever it shows up. Yeah. I mean, and you think about, you know, just the sheer number of questions and all of this stuff that's getting ready to kind of come out about our sister Kataji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know. It's, and it's going to continue while she's on the bench because every opinion that she writes or decision that she's a part of, somebody going to be pointing out the fact that she's black. Yeah. And forget about the credentials that she had when she got to get the nomination right. in the first place, right? We right. won't even talk about that. But in this episode right here, we're going to take a moment to talk about the history of affirmative action, right? Because again, we know some of our younger uh, Secrets listeners may not actually know about this yet. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take some time to talk about the history. But some of our older ones don't understand it either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we're going to talk about the history of affirmative action. We'll share some stories of how affirmative action has affected our careers um, and careers of other women and people of color that we know about. We'll provide some receipts on the truth behind the affirmative action myth. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets on how to avoid being in the affirmative action trap how or- and how organizations can bust the affirmative action myth. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, we're going to talk for a minute today, y'all. Ooh, <laughs> this is taboo here. Yeah. I'm almost scared, but I'm really not. So keep jump into it, man, and talk to us about the history of affirmative action. Yeah, let's let's just start out by defining affirmative action because really affirmative action is a set of procedures designed to eliminate unlawful discrimination among applicants, remedy the results of prior discrimination and prevent such discrimination in the future. That's really what affirmative action is at the end of the day. And applicants in any of these situations that may be seeking admissions to an educational program, or looking for professional employment, Mm -hmm. affirmative action is in place to make sure that at least underrepresented groups have the opportunity to have access to Mm -hmm. these these opportunities. And kind of in modern terms, it typically imposes remedies against discrimination on the basis of race, creed, color, and national origin. And it's been expanded in latter years to include assistance for gender representation, people with disabilities, and veterans. So again, when we talk about those things that Keith just just mentioned, those are what we refer to as protected classes. Protected classes. Protected classes, right? I think... um, Another piece that's important is affirmative action focuses on demographics with historically low representation in whether it be leadership, professionalism, academic roles, and is often considered a means of countering discrimination against particular groups, those protected classes Mm -hmm. that you spoke about. Many people confuse employment equity with affirmative action. But there is a distinct difference between the two. Employment equity ensures that all individuals are treated equally, while affirmative action actually supports those who have historically been denied opportunities or that access to yeah, KP to be- was talking about. to begin about. with. Because right. really it's about once we both have 
the equal opportunity, mm-hmm. then we can talk about equity. Right. So, so, but if you think about it, if we're talking about just the sheer history that we were talking about from seventeen from the seventeen hundreds to now, we weren't ever really focused on equity. Right. No, like that, that's not, not, at not all. really what we were talking not, about. No, not at all. Because there was only one person that was getting equality. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. The man. The man. <laughs> DA was getting his. He was getting his. <laughs> and this policy of affirmative action actually came into prominence in the United States in the 1960s as a way to promote equal opportunity across various segments of the society. In fact, President John F. Kennedy was the first president to use and define the term affirmative action. He did did so in 1961, telling federal contractors to, quote, take affirmative action to ensure that applicants are treated equally without regard to race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, end quote. Affirmative action policy was developed to enforce the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which sought to eliminate discrimination in the U.S. And early implementations of affirmative action have largely focused on breaking the continued social segregation of minorities from institutions and opportunities. So we're talking about, again, I keep talking about the 1700s, and we're talking about yeah. to 1964. Yeah. You do the math. You do you the know, math. Right, there, right? And we're only talking about the U.S. because we know that in Europe, you know, there have been yep. affirmative action points here in Africa. Yep. You know, there have been a form- mm-hmm. affirmative action. So this is all around the world. All around the world. You things. know, this stuff has has taken place. So regardless of what you think, the history is there. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the absolute history is there. So look, affirmative action efforts usually take the form of financial assistance to increase the opportunities available to underrepresented groups. The aid can include grants, scholarships, and other financial support earmarked to help those segments of the population gain access to higher education and opportunities. Mm -hmm. Also, hiring practices may be structured to require the inclusion of diverse candidates for job openings. Again, if we're saying everyone has an equal opportunity or equal access to be able to get the job. That's right. It's job openings. It's not about... Job hiring. Because <laughs> we know that. That's right. We know that. <laughs> yeah, we, we know that. We can look and see, you know, in all of our efforts, you know, mm-hmm. and with our uh, episodes, we can see that there's still an issue there. Yeah. You know, government agencies may decide to mandate that companies and institutions populate their ranks with a minimum percentage of qualified professionals from varying ethnicities, genders, and cultures. Failure to meet such requirements could disqualify institutions from receiving additional or any government funding or being able to compete for public contracts. Yeah. So, again, we're talking about doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Here, right? And we always talk about this dilemma. That's right. You know, Keith, we always talk about this dilemma in corporate America where— if you listen to one of our uh, previous episodes where we talk about the conundrum or the struggle with doing the, the right thing <laughs> or doing the white thing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? No, that's right. And, and again, we're not making the stuff up. The white thing has been happening since the inception of. Of the U.S. Since the of beginning America. of. Okay? So we're talking about now being able to talk about this and work through things, right? Mm-hmm. So, but Keith, talk to us, man. What yeah. is the impact of affirmative action on us. Yeah, and before we even go there, something triggered for me when you said, talked about um, access to, you know, inclusion of diverse candidates for mm-hmm. job openings. 
I got to pick on the NFL again for one more time. Keep me in the NFL's ass every, every, every chance he gets. I got to. But you, you know, know, I've been I've been I've been boycotting him for a long time. I you know, know you have. Yeah, I yeah. know you have. <laughs> but you know, they implemented this thing called the Rooney Rule, right? That said that for every job or a coach opening, you got to interview a minority candidate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, well, they, well, well, I guess I guess. They've been kind of lightweight doing it, right? Because they've been interviewing, but but they didn't have any uh, uh, idea or thoughts about hiring them. Well, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, they found a way to circumvent the Rooney Rule. Yes. And to circumvent the affirmative action, you know, purpose, you know, there. And I'm going to surmise or hypothesize (laughs) that the Rooney Rule is in effect. Everywhere else, yeah, uh-huh. outside of the NFL too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway, I digress. Yeah, no, no, but, but you know I digress. What? But but it's, it's very real, KP. I, I it's digress. very real. It's very real. <laughs> but again, we're talking about that with it being not just in the in, in the NFL. It's everywhere. This is having an impact on us, yeah. you know. So if you can talk yeah. about how this is impacting no, us, you know, and you and I have both seen the good and bad when it comes to affirmative action. We talk a lot about intention versus impact. Yeah. And mm-hmm. affirmative action is definitely in the crosshairs of kind of that whole paradox of intention and impact. Because mm-hmm. the intention behind affirmative action, as we've talked about in defining it, is to provide proactive opportunity for underrepresented people. Yep. However, this whole concept has been weaponized by political figures and those in power to perpetuate a theory of affirmative action being a handout. Yeah. Or being something undeserved. Or being something that someone wasn't qualified to have, right? When somebody, they get. somebody who didn't, who wasn't willing to pull themselves up by right. their bootstraps. All that stuff, all that stuff, and so now it's just it's all like muddled in this this crazy arguments and discussions that are totally unnecessary, right? Right, and and sometimes unvalidated. Yes, you know. So look, I can't tell you. The number of times in my career that someone has challenged my credentials or experience. Preach on it. Or or ask me how I got this role, right? And it's, sometimes it's like a bit microaggressively. Other times it's macro, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, did you know X, you know, whoever hired you right. or something like that? Did y'all work together right. before? Mm-hmm. You know, it's always something, something. something slick like that. Or if um, I've even been asked, like, why was I in the room? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've yep. walked around with people who report into me and people gravitate to them thinking that they're the that, they're the boss. <laughs> that they're right. the functional leader. That's right. And then they point to me. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah, we know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We understand. Or just flat out told me that I got the opportunity because of affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally, you just fix, say it? literally fix their no face. Shame. No shame. To look me game. dead in the eye and say that. Now, it's crazy because we've heard it so much. We don't really get surprised anymore when I it don't. comes up. It's almost like we expected it. I expected that. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. You come in the door just like, we know what it is. <laughs> we know what it is. So anytime somebody says some slick stuff, just like, okay. Yeah. Now, secret listeners, y'all know that me and PR do not let some of that slick stuff slide. That's <laughs> right when we hear, right? And I think we've coined our responses eloquently slaying people. <laughs> exactly. We get the asses, right? That's right? You know when you get somebody gets you, you don't even know they got you until you're walking right. away. You be That's like, wait right. a minute. That's they just right. slapped me on the back of my neck. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends tell me that I could 
cut you and you don't even know you've been stabbed <laughs> and bled out. <laughs> don't even Jugulous, know. Jugular. Hit even a jugular on somebody. Don't even know it. But in all seriousness, it takes a lot out of you to deal with these overt macroaggressions brought on by affirmative action and the stupidity that comes from from people sometimes. And it really does take a lot of you mentally, physically, when you consider that it what it takes to succeed at your job and in mm-hmm. your personal life. And then you add shit like this to the mix with people questioning you all the time. Why are you there? Are you really capable? All those things. And Ricky, I remember some dude telling me one time that affirmative action must be hard on my self-esteem and is actually holding me back. Mm, mm, mm. So, speaking of eloquently slaying people. Well, did you start with L-A-W-D? Lie. That's a lie. <laughs> lie. I really don't want to get them, but, I, but I'm going to have to get them. So, I just said, uh, nah, it's actually racism and racist statements like that that's fucking with me. No, <laughs> Lord, Keith. I don't know if that was eloquent. I don't know if that was eloquent or not, right? <laughs> But you know what? It's like like when, <laughs> when you was young and, uh, and and you could hear your grandmother saying, "Now don't touch that. That's hot." That's and you touch it, you be like, "Ah!" And she be like, "I bet you won't touch that again." again. <laughs> hey, I bet you wasn't gonna ask you that again. He ain't, I ain't heard from him since. <laughs> right, crickets, <laughs> crickets. Hey, KP, that reminds me, man, of a quote a quote from the Honorable Eleanor Holmes Norton, where she said. Affirmative action is the most important modern anti-discrimination technique ever instituted in the United States. It is the one tool that has a demonstrable effect on discrimination. No one who knows anything about the subject would say it has not worked. It has certainly done something or else it wouldn't have provoked so much opposition. Lord. <laughs> Man. Preach, dropping mics Preach. on them, right? I think Sister Norton is talking to quite a few people with this quote, Keith. Mm, like they say in church. <laughs> yeah. mm. Well. well. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Up yeah, yeah. Go on now. Go on, Go on now. now. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> and the real myth. If you think about it, the real myth about American concept of meritocracy and rugged individualism, mm-hmm. those are the real myths. It, not, affirmative action is not a myth. <laughs> it's all this stuff about meritocracy and individualism. I have never met anyone, and I don't know if you have, Ricky. If you have, <laughs> say their name. But I don't know anyone who did not have some kind of help along the way to get to where they're at. We talk all the time about sponsorship, and that is a form of affirmative action when you really think about it, because you are actually taking someone, putting your credibility on the line, bringing them along with you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Putting them in the boat. We talked about it. And we already shared the receipts about who is getting sponsored, <laughs> right? Who is in the boat. And who ain't getting sponsored yeah. most of the time, so connect the dots. Hello, secrets. Hello. (laughs) There wouldn't be be a secrets if it wasn't no receipts. That's right. (laughs) And so when people say shit like pull yourself up by your bootstraps or I worked hard and it and did it alone or they say some slick shit about I grew up poor, too, and it didn't stop me from being able to make it. Mm. All that stuff is not only maddening and frankly offensive, but not to mention it's just plain old bullshit. I can smell it. (laughs) <laughs> I, can, I, I can smell it. Look, man, I think 
ultimately, like the impact here, man, is affirmative action has been weaponized, as you said earlier, by so many individuals who feel like they have lot like lost as a result of it. Like they feel like they're losing something because somebody else yeah. got something. That's right. I just keep going back to the number of Supreme Court justices, mm -hmm. right? Like, what the hell have you lost? Right. What, you know what I'm saying? You ain't lost nothing. Six percent. That's I'm right. Like, what have you lost? What has it really changed? Mm -hmm. What when you think about all of the laws that and when something get changed, you're gonna wait till you get the majority and you're gonna change this shit back to what you wanted before and it's gonna be worse than what it was before. That's right. You and know? that whole line of thinking of of uh, you're losing out, it's just deficit thinking. Yeah. It's yeah. like I it's the zero sum game if if you win, I lose. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like, we can all share a piece of the pie. I know I am, but what are you? That's right. <laughs> I know like, I am, but what are you? That's like, come on. You know, like the like all of the stuff when you say like people feel like they've lost something, right? Mm -hmm. Individuals feel like that. That like the positive intentions that affirmative action, you know, was you know uh, intended mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. like it gets lost in translation and overshadowed by negativity. Yeah. Like totally. that that is the whole impact right there is we can't even focus on the people that it's helping. Yeah. Not at know? all. Or what it's eradicating. That's right. That's <laughs> We're right. We're talking about something else. Talk about something else. This is old fake news. <laughs> How are we gonna keep people down? Now this is fake news. <laughs> this is real fake news. This is news. fake news. Affirmative action. <laughs> Man, I tell you. And as I think about it and process that, you know, thinking about the moral of the stories, although the, we didn't do anything to create the systems that made affirmative action necessary in the first place. Right. When you right. think about it. Mm -hmm. But we still get gaslighted every single time for every outcome as a result of it. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? <laughs> you defending something that you didn't create. Exactly. My grandma would say, ain't that some shit? Yeah, ain't it? Ain't it though? Ain't it? <laughs> so look, again, I know we've been talking and people hear us laughing and, and kikiing about this stuff and think we're messing around, right? But if there were no receipts, right. we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Okay, and what we want to be able to summarize for you all today doing these receipts is we're going to share some receipts regarding affirmative action and hopefully we'll be able to bust the myth that's out there about it. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, PR, here's the perfect example of the paradox that we face in this country when it comes to affirmative action. So according to a Gallup poll, more than half of Americans, in fact, 61 percent that were polled believed in affirmative action policies. It was necessary. So they necessary. Yeah. People that you polled said they affirmative action policies are necessary. necessary. We believe in them. Uh -huh. However. <laughs> but. That's right. There is a divide when it comes to identifying race and ethnicity as it relates to hiring practices. In fact, about 74% of individuals feel that a candidate's racial or ethnic background shouldn't be considered when it comes to hiring or promoting them. These practices should only be based on, they say, someone's qualifications. Okay. So, so look, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we believe it's necessary, but if it's going to impact me, me negatively, we don't want shit. We don't want it. Yeah, yeah, we, right. we, we don't want That's it, right? Because we go back to, to that meritocracy and individualism. But when you start thinking about the whole microcosm of this, and like, it should be based on someone's qualifications. Well, I'm already at a deficit right. from start. Right. Like you have 10 steps in front of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's like I'm racing against Usain Bolt. 
Right. Okay. Like I ain't gonna never catch him if he's 10, 10 steps in front of me. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, That's right. So again. That's right. And affirmative action is like the baseline is your people are equally qualified, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Before you even take the next step of moving them. Yeah. I mean, it's like if they're equal qualified, then you lean in (laughs) to the one that's not uh, represented. So so Keith then hit us with a hard receipt for number one, y'all. Like, (laughs) but it gets worse. Okay, receipt number two. A 2013 study looked at the effects of employment after anti-discrimination laws were repealed in four states: California, Michigan, Nebraska, and Washington. The study found that the ending of anti-discrimination laws led to a significant decrease in workplace diversity compared with the states where the laws were still in effect. In fact, the research suggested that without affirmative action policies in place, labor participation decreased among persons of color, with employment rates declining by 7% um, among Hispanic men, 4% 4% among black women and 37% among Asian women, while white males saw a 4.7% increase in, in employment after the affirmative action ban was instituted. <laughs> you can't make this shit I mean, Y'all might you have to rewind this shit. Y'all this might up. have to rewind this because some fuckery just happened. <laughs> okay? I'm trying to tell you, like, that right there, you might have to go ahead and rewind that. And listen to it again. Just marinate it. Yeah. Like just listen to it again, What's right? That? Because your ears did not deceive you. <laughs> what you heard was 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 the truth, and you are not crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. And receipt number three, study after study after study has shown that white women have actually been the ben- biggest beneficiary of affirmative action. Mm-hmm. After the first 20 years of affirmative action, white women in managerial roles outpaced Asian women by a two-to-one margin, Latinas by a three-to-one margin, and black women by a five-to-one margin. Now, remember, we always kind of come back to every season. We don't try to do this, but we keep coming back to Malcolm X's quote where he says the black woman woman is the most disrespected. Yes. Of all. Of all. Look at that stat, five-to-one. And the irony to this PR is that white women are the most vociferous opponents. Man. I didn't use the big word. You yeah. did. You didn't that's man, right. You didn't you didn't throw a parabola at I people. I did, I did. <laughs> I was a spelling bee champ for white point. Oh Lord. That's right. Oh Lord. They must have been writing that on scrolls. On oh, scrolls. <laughs> they might have been <laughs> the tablets, rock tablets. <laughs> <laughs> but white uh, women are the most vociferous opponents of affirmative action when people are polled on the whole issue. So uh, they're getting the biggest benefit and they're the most vociferous opponents against affirmative action. Oh, Ain't my God. Good? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, this is like really, really disheartening. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, really disheartening. Look, receipt number four over here, right? Now, y'all, I'm going to need y'all to ride with me for a minute because it's going to take me a second here. Ooh, I'm going to take a sip before you get started and, on and this. And another ironic point comes from Leonard Pitts, who argues that white men have actually been the biggest beneficiary, beneficiary of all affirmative action. He writes, if affirmative action is defined as giving someone an extra boost based on race, it's hard to see how anyone can argue the, the point. 
slots for academic admission for um, employment and promotion for bank loans and public office have routinely been set aside for white men. Set aside, he said. This has always been the nation's custom. Until the 1960s, it was also the nation's law. So if we want to talk about achievements being tainted by racial preference, it seems only logical to start there. After all, every worthwhile thing African-Americans achieved prior to the mid-1960s, Barry Gordy's record label, John Johnson's publishing company, Elaine Leroy uh, Locke's Locke's Road Scholarship, Madam C.J. Walker's Hair Care Empire, Dr. Daniel Hale Williams, Williams' pioneering heart surgery. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, all of this stuff uh, here is ridiculous when you think about what's what, what's what, uh, all of the stuff that was done, not just without racial preference, but against backdrop of open racial hostility. So they did these things with all of the 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 things against them, all of the odds stacked against them. By contrast, nothing white men have ever achieved in this country has been done without racial and gender preferences, a.k.a. affirmative action. <laughs> I told y'all, y'all needed to ride with me because it's huge when you think about just the sheer numbers and who has benefited you know, from it. That's right. So Mr. Picks just dropped the mic. And he actually won a Pulitzer Prize for that for that article right there, that part of the article. And so, and I'm over here fanning Ricky right now <laughs> because he, he hot, sweat beads rolling down his forehead hey, right now. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, look, at the end of the day, I mean, we talk about the receipts. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could just have a show. Just on affirmative action alone. Yeah. And fill it up every week, right? Every week. So, but look, we want to kind of navigate into these secrets here. Cause right, we've been we done fed you all some some re, um some receipts, and we handpicked those receipts there because it was plenty to choose from. But what we want to do now is be able to talk to you about some of these secrets. And today we'll have again another double dose of uh secrets. First, we'll start out by providing three secrets on how to respond to situations where you believe that affirmative action is negatively impacting you in your work environment. Number one, how to respond to being a beneficiary of affirmative action. Number two, how to respond to someone that equates affirmative action to reverse discrimination. And number three, what should you do if you feel like you have been discriminated against. Mm -hmm. So Keith, hit us with secret number one. Yeah, that first secret. So when somebody walks up to you and say that you've been a beneficiary of affirmative action, mm -hmm. I'm gonna just say this, before you spit in their face <laughs> and tell them to F off, <laughs> just breathe and remind them of this. It ain't that, yeah, it, it, at the end of the day, that's right. Listen. That's right. Just look. There's a myth that states affirmative action may have been necessary 30 years ago, but the playing field is fairly level today. <laughs> That's really what they're saying when they say you've been a beneficiary of affirmative action. But you can dispel that myth. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, about all the gaps in pay and promotion and generational wealth and opportunity. And we backed it up with receipt after receipt. At the receipt. So feel just free to ask that accuser when they say some stupid shit like that. How can these things continue to happen and continue to be true if I'm benefiting from affirmative action at your expense? You're probably going to hear crickets. 
<laughs> you're gonna probably hear crickets okay <laughs> at the end of the day you'll probably hear crickets yeah. i like that i i really really like that yeah. you know keith because again it's one of those things like where you said hey before you tell them to f off right. or whatever, in your mind that's the bubble in that's like, the bubble the, in, that's your, the head. Bubble in yeah. your head that's saying like i know this motherfucker that big old loogie yeah, in I, your mouth i know this motherfucker didn't just ask me that question that's right you know what i mean that's but right. again as we talk about eloquently slaying people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. this is one of those opportunities Look, secret number two, how do you respond to someone that equates affirmative action to reverse discrimination? This is also a bit of a myth as well here, right? Because when you hear someone say to you, you can't cure discrimination with discrimination. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Aren't you doing the same same thing? thing? You know, the problem with this point of view, now I might mess some of y'all up with this over here, but the problem with this point of view is that it describes affirmative action with the same definition is actual discrimination. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So when there are lit when they're literally like two different things, yeah. they're not the same they're thing. Not the same thing. Discrimination is grounded in prejudice and exclusion, whereas affirmative action is an effort to overcome prejudicial treatment through inclusion. Through inclusion. You know, which is exactly what affirmative action tries to That's do. Right. It's like proactively providing opportunity. Absolutely. Not excluding people from opportunity. Yeah. yeah. It's it's painful when you kind of think about it. Like, we're even talking about it. Right. You know, to be honest with you, right? right. But this is the stuff Keith and I have had to endure being in the time. roles that we've uh, been in all my life, I had to fight. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Till you do right by me. That's right. <laughs> Till you do right by me. That's right. And secret number three: What should you do uh, if you feel like you've been discriminated against? First thing: report it uh, to your confidential hotline at work if there's fear of retaliation. Mm-hmm. Report it to your supervisor and/or your HR representative. Also. The third thing you should do is report it to your local Department of Fair Employment and Housing. And if you need to, and hopefully you don't, but the fourth step, if you feel like you've been discriminated against, is to seek third-party counsel to ensure that someone is advocating on your behalf and to make sure the discrimination stops. Look, Keith, those are solid. Yeah, Those are solid, so, those, those, those are solid secrets. Yeah. Those are solid uh, secrets right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... Now, let's focus on what organizations can do to provide real opportunities for women and BIPOC people when it comes to affirmative action. So this is the double dose we were talking about. We got three secrets for organizations. So PR, go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, so look, secret number one, and this is this is a big one, you know, for me. Secret number one is stop referring to aspirational goals for gender and diversity representation as quotas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, look, quotas is already a charged word and reinforces the idea that certain people only are getting opportunities because of their gender, race, etc. What are organizations, what organizations should be striving for, to be honest with you, is creating a workforce that is representative of the community and the customers that it serves or wishes to serve. That's so right. at the end of the day, it's really not about the quota, no, the number of. But isn't. if you had aspirational goals over a period of time, you can do something intentional or deliberate, i.e. affirmative action, right. to be able to get you there. Absolutely. And when you think about it, I mean, quotas are like so rigid, so hard, where affirmative action is really about just providing the opportunity. Yeah. Right? It's really just about, hey, let's just 
Think about the ecosystem. Look at our representation numbers and then be proactive about trying to solve it, but not putting rigid, hard lines in the in the sand yeah, um, yeah. To, to achieve that you, result. You know, when you think about like uh, when you see some of your uh, peers who you went to school with and they end up getting like unique jobs that weren't necessarily in the syllabus, right. you know, or this, that, the other, right? Mm-hmm. They get these unique jobs. You're like, oh, wow. I never knew about that job. I never knew you could even do that job. Mm-hmm. And you ask them, how did you get that job? Oh, I knew somebody. Yeah. And they told me about it. Or my dad or my fr- right. friend of my father's or right. my mom. You, you Something mm-hmm. like that. That's a situation where that's really everyone didn't have an equal opportunity to get that job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And, and those you know, people worked on aff- affirmatively on your behalf to create that opportunity for you. Absolutely. Regardless absolutely. of what you want to call it, <laughs> that's what it is. So secret number two for organizations is actually just lean in and do the right thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's as simple as that. If you have two equally qualified candidates and one of them's from an underrepresented group in your organization, just pick the underrepresented candidate, right? This is not hard. This is not... It really you know, isn't. This is not about quote unquote, taking a risk on somebody or choosing a less qualified candidate. Again, we started with the basis that these are equally qualified candidates. So if you have it, take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the BS. Yeah. No, no. This is this is painfully like uh obvious, mm-hmm. but we just don't do it in corporate don't America, do it. right? Like in some of our leaders. And this is like pulling teeth when you are trying to recommend, mm-hmm. you know, candidates who don't look like the rec- the, the, the regular candidates, right. you know, whatnot, right? I mean, again, what I, I hate for us to even have to talk about stuff like this, but right. if we don't talk about it, it'll keep on happening. It'll keep on happening. Look, secret, you know, number three, you know, for us, audit all of your HR policies and practices through an equity lens. This means analyzing and diagnosing the impact of the design and implementation of policies on underserved and marginalized individuals and groups, and to identify and eliminate barriers to their full benefit in those policies and practices. So this could mean that you're looking at people's salaries, yes. you know, on your Pay team, equity. right? You're doing that stuff, and you're making adjustments, yes, you know, to that in the right? moment, right? This might be how you interview. Yep. You know, people, what does the interview panel look like? Mm-hmm. What does the interview funnel That's right. look like? Look like, you know, do you do blind interviews where you don't know the names of right. the people right. and things right. like that? Because we know that impact is there, too. Absolutely. But I, I think it's it's looking at the totality of the policies and procedures, yep. you know, there, right? Because I think ultimately it's going to take, you know, us really breaking down all of these things that have happened since the 1700s. Yeah. That have found their way all the way into <laughs> where we are and they today. They are deeply ingrained now. <laughs> Absolutely. They are deeply ingrained. Absolutely. And again, you know, as we wrap up here, um, if you want to find more resources on the secrets and receipts that we shared today around affirmative action, you can go to our website, secrets.com, look in those show notes. We got a ton of resources in there for this episode because it was a lot out there. (laughs) Trust me. Yeah, no, no, it was. And again, we just want to be able to just show some appreciation for our listeners, you know, out there, because again, we, we're just so humble because we know that we wouldn't have the 20,000 plus followers that we have right now 
if it not been for you all being supportive of yep. us and being able to yep. post, you know, and to be able to give us ideas like one of our listeners gave us this idea to talk yep. about this, you know, right here. So we want to just make sure that we show some appreciation there. And again, we always ask you to do this because this is how it works. So we ask you all to just go in there, write reviews on Apple do um, comment on our social media, get into our LinkedIn community of practice, just respond, be active. All of that stuff matters, you know, for us. So we ask you just to get engaged, get absolutely. involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Ricky, every time we're recording and we show up in places, we tricking out our gear. Yeah. Then yeah, we yeah. want you to trick yourselves out too. So go check out that merchandise. Go on our website. We got the tab up there called The Goods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can click on that to find out our latest gear we got some great stuff more coming oh yeah hot fire is selling off the shelves that yeah. design is it, like that's the one yeah it really is that's it the really one is. that's and the one know, like I, I sported my i sported my secrets hat over here today you, you know did, what i'm saying you did you did i can't wait to see that uh alpha gear yeah, yeah i know yeah, it yeah, came yeah. i know it came yeah i'm putting it on i'm putting it on at <laughs> our next uh what you call it uh, uh virtual happy, happy, happy hour, hour. i'll right. be sporting my stuff y'all be ready so now look as we close this episode we just want to remind Mind you that you are absolutely not crazy. Okay, we know you're thinking the stuff. Keith and I want to be the, the your, your advocates, That's your right. voice. That's right. We're gonna confirm for you, reaffirm we for got you, you that you ain't crazy, right? Cheers to our sister Katanji uh, Brown Jackson. I mean, look, we we're, we're rooting for you, Katanji, uh, to get to the Supreme Court and give them hell when you get up That's in right. there. Represent. We know we know you've been on 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 the last president's ass. That's right. Okay, <laughs> we appreciate that. So, but one thing I will actively affirm right now is the fact that this cup is empty. Empty, dry. Right. Dry like a So time for me to get a refill. So thanks everyone for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. We out. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!